I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. If trying to get commies to redeem themselves and come on down to the range is a crime, well, lock me up and throw away the key. It's high noon for Thursday, November 4th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 288th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You know so much about the system that you can tell everyone the Democrat votes just simply come in after the election ends, and that's A-OK. And, commies, you think that sounds smart. You actually think that because cities are big and have lots of people, that Democrat votes come in After the election is over, because there's just so many of them, Democrats can be losing a race the entire night by wide margins. But the TV says, well, we know there's still a lot of Democratic vote to come in after the election. And you think, yeah, there's a lot of Democrat vote to come in still. And then you go post it online like Alex Berenson. Hey, this is this is. This is just how the system works. It's it's so crazy uh, that, that tr- Trump voters don't know this. <laughs> the TV tells us all the time. We already know that Democrat votes come in after the election. And that's when they win is after the election is over with the votes that come in after the election's over. It makes sense. That's what the TV tells us. <laughs> all, all smart people know that. Okay, commies. Okay. Yeah, go with that, commies. You are definitely right. Now, I have, surprised as you may be, still very many good friends in Los Angeles, people I've known for years and years, and also some people I don't know at all who still follow me on Instagram before I left that platform permanently. And They also pay attention to what some of my, let's say, detractors continue to say online, sometimes about me. Sometimes they are just expressing their very, very smart, very informed political opinions that they got 
from the mainstream media. They get to figure out, ooh, I know exactly how to frame this issue so that I won't look like I'm one of those no-no people, but I still get to say things that the Hollywood liberals aren't going to like. And so I'll piss them each off a little bit, and that's going to put me in the middle. And they'll think I know something that they don't. And that's going to make me look very smart. See, I'm a centrist. And let me tell you, centrist, you're not a centrist. You're just an idiot. You are a communist. You're an Obama or a Romney. You don't like the label. Ah, okay. You think it's wrong? It's not. You see, the thing is, it doesn't matter. If you think that you are participating in American capitalism somehow, and the people who are most like this are the pathetic little rich kids who just try to be socialites the whole time, and then they're just doing political commentary on the side. They're just the one who knows about that stuff. It's hilarious. Okay. Obamis are those centrist Democrats. They're just a little left of center. They don't agree with the wokeness. They don't agree with the squad. They have concerns about big spending. I'm socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. Uh, No, you're not. You're just a typical left of center person who knows nothing and therefore supports the global communist agenda through your words, through your votes, and through your actions. Likewise, there are people on the center right who are global communists, and those are the Romneys. And between the Obamis and the Romneys, you basically get everyone in Hollywood who isn't a deranged, woke, feminist progressive. And they're all very smart. They're trying to become the little political influencers of the city. Oh, is that the political influencer or is that just the rich kid who stands outside parties for too long? We are talking about people who are 100% committed to maintaining their membership in the party of false decorum. Even now, even in November of 2021, they are afraid to understand or speak the truth about the most important subjects in the world, all right? We are talking about people who think that Candace Owens and Mike Cernovich are the intellectual vanguard of America and not just making viral content out of the things we expose and bring into the mainstream understanding. We're talking about people who think that Dan Crenshaw and Tulsi Gabbard are the future of American politics. They are the rising stars because they connect with people like them. They are like perfectly packaged to be served up to the Obamis and Romneys and to have all these dumb people who think that they are centrists because they can't come down on either side of the most important issues of all time. And yes, that's Tulsi Gabbard and Dan Crenshaw of the World Economic Forum programs. People who are directly involved in the encroachment of global communism on the United States of America. They literally exist to usher that in. They believe in globalism. They believe in the technocratic future. And somehow they don't connect it 
to communism. What system do you think all of this is working toward, commies? You can't think that far, can you? Because you got rocks in your skull. And of course, their political heroes and the influencers who they take secondhand ideas from, all their ideas are like thirdhand ideas. The influencers, they get some information that people in our community turn out and then they put it out and then they seem very smart. Ooh, I'm creating viral content out of someone else's ideas. Very smart. And then you've got their little minions creating third-hand content, hoping to go viral. Oh, it's going to go viral, commies. You're going to be so proud. Everyone will bow down and be like, oh, you're so smart. Except you're just the same corrupt, incompetent narcissists who've already sold out the country and think you deserve credit for it. I'm talking about people so smart and so edgy that they can't understand how dumb they look taking selfies around town of them in a mask. We're talking about people who think that masks work. Imagining other people are stupid. We're talking about people who believe that the world is going to end in 12 years unless we give trillions and trillions of dollars to their friends and heroes, okay? They're going to save the world by giving America's entire economic future over to the global communists and technocrats that they think represent the world's smartest people. Imagine that. If you will, these people thinking that they are the intellectual vanguard of this country. It's hard to do. We're talking about a set of people who think that it is responsible to say things that aren't true. And their definition of responsible basically just means something that the party of false decorum isn't going to get mad enough at to threaten my standing within it. And I say this because these sorts of people, they have different characteristics, but these people exist in all of our lives, right? These are the people who think that we are conspiracy theorists, but that a system that allows votes to come in after an election ends for days to be counted makes sense because they're in the big Democrat cities. Well, hey, commies, how did Florida get their results in on election night in 2020? How did Texas do it? Are there not big cities there? Turns out there are. Some of the biggest cities in the country are in those two states. But they got their vote in. How did it happen? Why is it that Joe Biden won the election underperforming in the black vote everywhere in the country except for Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Atlanta? How does that happen? And how does it happen that those places all had the votes, the vote spikes in the middle of the night? How does it happen? 
that all of those places evaded and circumvented election law to be able to do the election the way they did it. How is that? How is it that all of those places have secretaries of state that are in the National Association of Secretaries of State? How is it that they receive funding from George Soros? How is it that they are vehemently opposed to audits? Not that it'll matter. How is it, commies? How is it, you very responsible communists? Oh, I mean centrists. I mean centrists. You have thought through those ideas so well and so deeply that you know your position comes right down in the middle. Oh, well, I guess I just have another centrist position. I am so smart that I can never make decisions, even if it's issues of world changing consequence. I would rather be wrong about masks for a year and a half than say the truthful thing that people might disavow me for. Weaklings, intellectual weaklings, honestly. These are the people who are holding back progress in this country. These are the people who are standing in the way of all of this being fixed. Don't doubt that for a second. You can also look at the vaccine data and find out that the people who are not formally educated through college are very likely to decline joining the medical experiment. And so are the people with the highest education. It's those people in the middle who are mildly educated who are the most likely to join the medical experiment. And who are these people? Who do they vote for? Well, they imagine themselves as centrists. And certainly some of them are just dyed-in-the-wool commies. But the centrists, the Obamis and the Romneys, all think that they are making very responsible decisions. And they know that these decisions are responsible because the people who are like them don't get mad when they say them or not really mad. They get a little frustrated every now and then. Oh, I really don't like when you said that. Oh, I'm sorry, but you know that I just spend so much time on this stuff. And it turns out that my position is just a little bit more centrist than yours. <laughs> man, oh man, these people, they make me laugh so hard. I love, uh, getting screenshots of their posts when they like winnow down something Alex Berenson said into something even the people like them can understand. <laughs> we have got to simply disregard these people. Their lack of respect for positions that are not their own means absolutely nothing to me and it should mean absolutely nothing to you you cannot possibly be made to feel stupid by someone who thinks masks work okay you can't be made to feel stupid by someone who promoted lockdowns and contact tracing hey commies if you thought contact tracing and vaccine ids and vaccine passports aren't part of the global communist agenda and they're just things that really smart people think about how to handle a very deadly pandemic. Sorry, your opinion 
is meaningless. And I know you got it from a finance guy on Twitter. Wow. Yeah, finance guys, they don't benefit from global communism at all. Like, what are you talking about? How could a finance guy benefit from global communism, right? Finance is the most capitalist thing ever, is it not? Well, yeah, it could be. Unless, of course, you were gaming the system and then lobbying the government to make the system easier for you to game and less likely to catch you and less likely to prosecute you. And that's how we end up with Nancy Pelosi and tons of other Congress members basically doing insider trading or Jerome Powell from the Fed, for instance. And you can't expect them to know this stuff because they think communism was something that existed a while ago in Russia. And it exists kind of now in China, but they have state capitalism, which is very different and absolutely not fascism. It absolutely is not corporatism. These aren't all the same things. They can't be communism. Well, that's for far leftists. That's not for people like us in the middle. And capitalism. Well, that's just what rich people think. That's how we get money. I mean, that's how our parents got money. And now we just have money. So that's capitalism, too. And hey, commies. Look up communism. Learn about all its characteristics and then see if you can find them reflected in our society. I actually did a whole episode about this probably six months ago or something. Each and every aspect is represented in American society right now. And as a Biden voter, that's what you voted for. I know. I know. You couldn't bring yourself to vote for Trump because you didn't want to be a Trump voter. You would rather you would rather solve racism by voting for the man who was mentored by a Klansman. That's how smart you are as a centrist. You know, if it was a Republican who was mentored by a Klansman, well, that would be a racist person. But if it's a Democrat who's mentored by a Klansman, well, then you just need to redefine Robert Byrd as not a Klansman. And Joe Biden as someone who is not mentored by a Klansman. Because Joe Biden is there to fix racism. And you know that because he told Charlemagne the God, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. That's how much you know that Joe Biden is there to solve racism. And so you did a very good thing by voting for a man who ran on the Build Back Better agenda and is trying to pass the Build Back Better agenda. Well, what is that? Oh, I don't know. That's too much. Now you're just talking conspiracies. Except for the fact that so many other countries are also working on the Build Back Better agenda. And they were all at COP26, pretending that the world is going to end unless you give them all the money and power. Build Back Better agenda? Well, that's Klaus Schwab. That's the World Economic Forum. And who does he serve? He's just laying out a map for the world and his ideas are so genius that everyone just adopts them because of the sheer intellectual heft he exudes on each page? Really? That's too complicated? Child brains, is it? Somehow... They want to refuse the label communism. 
They think it's antiquated. Oh, well, this has to be something else. You can't call it communism. Hey, commies. Where do you think all of this is headed? In San Francisco right now, they are trying to make it so that five to 11 year old children have to be injected with an experimental gene therapy that we all know has had absolutely no long-term testing and has injured every age group it's been tested on or used on in ways no other vaccine has ever done. And this isn't even a vaccine. It's an experimental gene therapy. So the kids there are going to be forced to take it to participate in kids society. Parents can't take their kids out in public without proof that their six-year-old is vaccinated. And they want a vaccine ID on those kids. I wonder when that'll stop. Give me a date, commies. Obamis and Romneys, you're very, very smart. You understand how all this is going to go. You are certain that it is not part of a larger agenda. And you're a conspiracy theorist if you think so. When is it going to stop? When does that 5 to 11-year-old get to stop taking boosters for a disease that can't kill them and then have that recorded on a vaccine ID that will travel with them throughout life. Where does that program end? How much control does the government get over you? And by the way, your ability to participate in free and open commerce. Before you understand that what you are participating in, what you are really considering both sides of in your empty child brains, at what point does that become totalitarian communism? The state controls businesses. That's what Joe Biden's vaccine mandates are doing, by the way. You can either sign on to Joe Biden's agenda the global communist agenda, the build back better agenda. These things are inseparable. Okay. Joe Biden may not look to you like a communist, but that's because the furthest you think of communism is some guy covered in soot after a hard day at the factory, showing up at a meeting in a basement to talk about how they're all going to unite to get control back for the people. That's what you think communism is. And because your perception is so narrow, you don't see the fact that the government is exerting control over all the businesses in the country, or at least attempting. How much do they need to control the means of production until it becomes a problem for you? How much communism are you on board for? You voted for the Build Back Better agenda, which is. 100% through and through global communism. Globalism is global communism, okay? There's not some other arrangement of globalism. Globalism requires that same top-down control, and that is why they are exerting it. 
That is what the goal is. They've expressed this for decades. Your viewpoints are aligned with George Soros. Okay. If you express a disdain for wokeness, that doesn't get you all the way away from what you are actually supporting. And let's just briefly remember who he is. Of all the financial titans and philanthropists of the 20th century, none are more complex or mysterious than George Soros. Like Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, and the Rockefellers, he amassed billions through ruthless business decisions, only to turn around and give away most of his fortune to advance his own personal philosophy. He can move world financial markets simply by voicing an opinion, or destabilize a government by buying and selling its currency. He also pledged more aid last year to help people in Russia than the U.S. government did. But now George Soros is worried. He thinks the global economy is coming apart at the seams and that the world needs to be protected from people like George Soros. We may now think that everything is fine, but the fact is that the system is broke and it needs fixing. What you're doing is, is, is asking uh, some form of regulation to protect the world against you. Well... I am a player, and I think all players should be regulated. There have to be rules of the game. Right now, his quantum group hedge fund moves $14 billion of rich investors' money around the world every day, looking for profits and answering to no one. Soros makes huge bets on whole countries and economies. Last year, when he saw cracks in the Asia boom, he began selling the currency in Thailand. Traders in Hong Kong followed suit, triggering a financial crisis that plunged much of Asia into a depression. In the last two years, you've been blamed for financial collapse of Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, Japan, and Russia. All of the, all of the above. All of the above. Are you that powerful? No, I think there's a great misunderstanding. The Prime Minister of, of Malaysia yes. um, said that the region spent 40 years trying to build up its economy, and along comes a moron like Soros right. with a lot of money, and it's all over. He called you a criminal. It's easier for him to blame an outside force than to admit that they were mismanaging uh, their economy and their currency. The uh, French finance minister uh, talked about hanging uh, speculators from lampposts. Soros says the Asian currencies would have collapsed even if he hadn't been in the market. They were overvalued. He says people tend to follow his lead because he's been so successful. I think that uh, I've been blamed for everything. I am basically there to, uh, to make money. I cannot and do not look at the social consequences of, of what I do. To understand the complexities and contradictions in his personality, you have to go back to the very beginning, to Budapest where George Soros was born 68 years ago to parents who were wealthy, well-educated, and Jewish. When the Nazis occupied Budapest in 1944, George Soros' father was a successful lawyer. He lived on an island in the Danube and liked to commute to work in a rowboat. But knowing there were problems ahead for the Jews, he decided to split his family up. He bought them forged papers, and he bribed a government official to take 14-year-old George Soros in and swear that he was his Christian godson. But survival carried a heavy price tag. While hundreds of thousands of Hungarian Jews were being shipped off to the death camps, George Soros accompanied his phony godfather on his appointed rounds. 
confiscating property from the Jews. These are pictures from 1944 of what happened to George Soros's friends and neighbors. You're a Hungarian Jew mm -hmm. who escaped the Holocaust mm -hmm. by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events. Uh, and uh, one, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. Yes. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child, you don't you don't see the connection, uh, but it was it created no no problem at all. No feeling of guilt. No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish, uh, and here I am watching these people go. I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. Well, uh, of course, I, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets, that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would would, would, would be taking it away anyhow. In other words, the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? It was actually probably the happiest year of my life, that year of German occupation. For me, it was a very positive experience. It's a, a strange thing, you know, because you see incredible suffering around you, and, and in fact, you are, you are in considerable danger uh, yourself. But you're 14 years old, and you don't believe that it can actually touch you. You have a belief in yourself, your belief in your father. It's a very happy-making, exhilarating experience. It's always good every few months to just witness that as a refresher. George Soros, who funds most of the left-wing agenda in the United States, if not all of it, honestly, and funds programs that create Republicans out of Democrats so that they can run as Republicans, hold office as Republicans, and nonetheless still serve the global communist agenda. George Soros is one of the more powerful and maybe most powerful people in the world. And that right there is who he is. 
And, you know, it's funny the way he describes. So the, the first part of that video, the first like five minutes or so were from an interview from 60 minutes in the late nineties, 1998, 1999. And then the last part was just a second little audio clip, but he is describing what the people I'm talking about right now are experiencing right now. They see the world crumbling down around them for other people, but they think it's just fine because it's not them. They thought ahead. They thought ahead by getting rich parents and then mostly trying to gain Instagram followers. That's thinking ahead. That prepares you for a devastating future. They don't believe in their 14-year-old brains. And again, this is why I call them child brains. They don't believe it can happen to them. They think that they are above the threat level. They think that they will be drafted onto George Soros's team. Whatever happens, however bad it gets, their parents are rich enough to make sure that they personally aren't affected. And so they're not the problem. They're not the problem. You can't expect them to do anything. They're going to vote in whatever way is necessary to make sure that the party of false decorum won't kick them out. Well, you know, I can see that a lot of this stuff is 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 wrong, but I just can't bring myself to vote for Donald Trump. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm very sophisticated. I'm very smart. That's why I'm a centrist. I don't have any actual principles that can be held up consistently and reflected in my politics. I'm a centrist. Don't you see? This is what smart people think. And I'm a smart person. Therefore, I think it. Now, hold on. I've got to post another mask selfie outside of a very trendy restaurant. Ho, ho, ho. You're right. I'm important. That's what I get for being a centrist. What these people have essentially done, and let's not pretend that they don't have some sort of motivation to express the beliefs they express. Yes, it's about staying in the party of false decorum, of course. But they are actually making a bet against the American people because they imagine themselves outside of that group. They are not normal American people. No. They are of a higher class. They are more important. And they know that the society is going to protect them, just like their parents did. And just like their parents still do. Because where does the money come from? Yeah, their parents. And not only are they betting against the American people, they are betting against the verifiable truth about the coronavirus, about election fraud. And the truth about election fraud is coming. We said last week, and I think I might have even mentioned it yesterday, we have 35% of the country, according to that Politico poll, and it's going to go higher. It's already going higher. 35% of the country wanted the election overturned 10 days ago. 11% didn't know, and 54% didn't want the election overturned right now. Barely more than half of the country wants the election result to remain. That's it. That's bananas. Okay. 
That is a huge amount of people who understand not only that the election fraud was real and that Trump won, but that we right now are being somehow to some degree led by a completely illegitimate administration, completely illegitimate. And these people still think that election fraud didn't happen and that there's no evidence and that it's a bunch of baseless claims. How do they think this? Well, they've never looked because as soon as you look, as soon as you actually look, you will realize that there is overwhelming evidence of election fraud in every single state in the country. And it's not a debate. Okay. One side is simply wrong. It is anti-factual to say that election fraud did not decide the outcome of the 2020 election. And this stuff is on the verge of being proven. Now, you can take my word for that or not. I would suggest that everybody start watching Mike Lindell's show on Frank's speech at 6 p.m. Central each night, each weeknight. Watch it once and get through the instinct you might have to think that Lindell sounds like a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. Again, this is just another feature of the party of false decorum. The way Mike Lindell speaks, the way Donald Trump speaks signals to their child brains that this isn't someone whose authority I can respect. They are much more prone to respect the authority of Rochelle Walensky or Anthony Fauci. And I'll get to them in a little bit because they were in a Senate hearing today, that is, was an absolute disgrace. It's unbelievable. But they would rather hear the voice of a liar say things in the right cadence and the right sound. They're using the right vocabulary. They don't sound impassioned when they speak. So they must be very reasonable and very honest because truth sounds a certain way and not other ways. If you speak that other way, you can't be telling the truth. That is how deeply brainwashed these people are. They are more concerned about fitting the word communism into the definition that they understand while not knowing anything. than they are about getting to the truth of what's actually happening because the truth of what's actually happening would scare them and they don't like being scared. Because they are intellectual weaklings. Anything that goes outside of their understanding is scary. And it's especially funny, by the way, when all of the influencers that they listen to, these Romneys, these centrists, oh, they're, they're right of center. Ooh, Ben Shapiro, he's so edgy. While he says, vaccines are very safe and effective. I don't think there should be mandates, but... I still respect that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. And if he's going to put mandates in place, well, I can speak out against them on my radio show. And that will be that. And there are other little influencers. They finally get around to saying the things that we were saying a year ago. And then they think, whoa, I found this out faster than the other people around me. I guess in the land of the blind, I'm king. And then they make a complex constitutional argument about how this mandate just simply can't be put in place. But vaccines are very safe and effective, but we can't have a mandate. 
but they are safe and effective. Don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. I didn't say that the vaccines don't work, even though they obviously don't work. And hey, commies, you want proof that the vaccines don't work? Take it from Rochelle Walensky. And if you can't hear her saying in this answer that vaccines don't work, then I can't help you. And I ask you this back on uh, May 26. Where is that in the whole journey in terms of having another tool and prophylactics as well? Because there's a lot, all of us acknowledge that a vaccine was a miracle to get. Uh, You're seeing where you're running into some that simply won't get it. It's hard for me to imagine that you'll vaccine the rest of the world. When do you put the same amount of enthusiasm on the other two tripods of the stand to actually uh, put every tool in the tool chest aimed at getting rid of this or at least treating it? Thank you, Senator. I'm absolutely for using therapeutics, but I think they should be used um, after we use vaccination because vaccination, certainly um, we have seen that the therapeutics that are out there, the remdesivir, dexamethasone, um, the molnupiravir is a promising new therapeutic that Dr. Fauci just mentioned a few minutes ago. All of those would be after you're infected. They prevent, they work to prevent severe disease and death. They're not um, foolproof. So, so Certainly, my first tool in the toolbox would be for vaccination. And then, of course, we would need testing because most of these therapeutics actually work best after you have, um, especially the oral one, the molnupiravir, work best if you can give them early. So um, I do think we need as many tools in this toolbox as possible. Um, I would also say that the best public health intervention here would be vaccines. And you've said that before, and uh, thanks for reiterating it. I just... Okay. So what did she just say? The senator asked about therapeutics. She listed a couple of the therapeutics, but certainly not all of them. There was no mention of hydroxychloroquine, no mention of ivermectin, which we know beyond a shadow of a doubt is effective. It has knocked coronavirus out in huge places around the world. That is the mitigation strategy in the Uttar Pradesh province of India, and it has wiped COVID out there. Ivermectin works, works in real world proof, works in lab proof. There are studies, countless studies about the efficacy of ivermectin. Far more studies than the efficacy of masks, as I mentioned on the show the other day, two, two randomized controlled trials on the effectiveness of masking with COVID. And this is not the randomized controlled trials that have been done for a century on the effectiveness of masking against viral spread. Two randomized controlled trials for the efficacy of masks. One showed no effect at all. The other showed something between zero and 18% effectiveness. And that's based on variables in the study. You certainly cannot expect that somehow something about COVID is so different in its aerosol spread. Something about the masks must be so different in their interaction with COVID that somehow masks become effective. We also know in a rooted sense that masks cannot be effective because of the way they were handled by the public health community. There is no consistency, no logic, no proof whatsoever on any of it. There is far more evidence that ivermectin is effective than there is that masks are effective. And nonetheless, the Obamis and Romneys think that masks are the most important thing we can do. Why? Because the TV said so. And what's their logic about making other people do it? Well, it's the least you can do. Well, yeah, commies, it is the least you can do. It's actually nothing. And the fact 
that you are asked to do nothing, comply, even though it makes no sense, you get asked to do nothing and you comply because you are compliant. You are useful idiots, commies. Sorry if that offends you. Sorry for the mocking and ridicule. And if you are a redeemable communist, hey, I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I'm here to tell you the truth. If the truth hurts your feelings, I can't apologize for that because I'm not sorry. It is what it is. We are 20 months into this pandemic and people still don't understand the most basic things about the most important issues that will ever face them in their lives. And they are offended when someone points that out. I don't know how you are mentally prepared for the world ahead. Of course, the answer is you aren't. You just think it won't be a problem because your parents are rich. Everybody sees you. Okay, commies, everybody sees you. I see you. I certainly see you. I know you think that you must have some really great points that I simply haven't thought about before or haven't accounted for. I can tell you right now, that's not true. Okay? Especially the party of false decorum commies that I know from Los Angeles. All right? And I know I forgot to mention it, but hello, redeemable communists. I'm not just trying to mock and ridicule you. I am trying to get you to understand that more is at stake than you believe. It turns out that you are not untouchable. And at some point, you will be touched by this because no matter how much power you think you have, because some people like you on Instagram, that's not going to save you from what's happening. And it's not going to save your reputation once all of this happens and everybody knows you for the rest of your life as a commie. And by the way, commies, our forgiving nature, the forgiving nature that I express every day doesn't mean that any of us are going to forget. Okay. We all know who you are. We know what you do. We know what you thought. And we know how you treated everyone who was expressing these ideas. All right. We're not looking to punish you. But if you think you went unnoticed this whole time with your mask selfies, good luck, commies. Now, back to Rochelle Walensky. Okay. She didn't mention therapeutics that we know work because they don't want to do that. Because ivermectin taken society wide would solve this problem immediately and it would take away the need for the vaccine. And it turns out that any therapeutics take away the need for the vaccine because most people, except for the elderly with multiple comorbidities and people with serious health problems who might be younger, no one is really at threat of dying from COVID. We know that for a scientific fact, all right? The infection fatality rate of COVID is still, as it was at the beginning, around 0.1%. That's one out of every thousand people who gets infected with COVID might die. And almost all of those people fit a similar physical profile. They are older. They have significant comorbidities. The average age of a COVID death is over the average age of death in the United States. How is that possible, commies, in the middle of a global pandemic that somehow actually yielded no excess death? What is? Oh, the vaccine's yielding excess death. 
among all age groups. Isn't that amazing for something so very safe and effective? How does it work, commies? Give me your centrist opinions. Show me exactly how your opinion is the smart one. And why don't you just, because this is your most comfortable medium, why don't you just type it into a caption on an Instagram of your stupid commie face in a mask? Give me that, commies. Give it to me. I want it. Rochelle Walensky just said that therapeutics should be used after vaccination. And she couldn't help herself from laughing while she said it. So what does that mean about the vaccination? Well, she said you need to get vaccinated because the therapeutics are for after you are vaccinated. And the therapeutics are there to make sure that you don't experience significant illness or death. But that's what the vaccine is supposed to do. The vaccine, we are told still to this day, is so that you don't experience serious illness or death. The vaccines, of course, are very safe and effective. Right? If we just go back to a couple hearings ago, back to May, when Fauci and Walensky were in front of the Senate, lying the same way they did today, they said vaccines are very safe and effective. They will prevent you from getting COVID and prevent you from spreading COVID. And that will work toward herd immunity, which used to just be about 60% of the population being infected. That's what herd immunity normally is. But not for this. This is now especially transmissible. So we need to get it to 70 or 80 or 90%, which makes no sense with an understanding of herd immunity. But the vaccine is going to get us to herd immunity, and then we can all go back to normal. And that was only six months ago. It was only six months ago. It was only uh, 14 months into the pandemic period. The vaccine was going to prevent you from getting sick. You wouldn't get COVID. You wouldn't spread COVID. We're going to reach herd immunity. Then, of course, that proved false because it was false the whole time. All right. This is one of those other principles that I've said before, but you have to understand. These people are not right when they say it, and then later things changed. They are wrong when they say it. They know they're wrong when they say it because the data proves them wrong when they say it. But they look at other data. They look at alternate facts. And then they tell you lies, and you're supposed to believe them because they can cite studies again We talked about that CDC study on Monday or Tuesday. Rochelle Walensky misrepresented their own study and the study itself lists seven ways why it might not be right. And she still went with it and she went with it today again. The vaccine is very safe and effective. The vaccine keeps you from getting sick. The vaccine keeps you from spreading COVID. Okay, a little later, turns out, no, it doesn't. But the vaccine keeps you from getting serious illness, keeps you from dying. Turns out that's absolutely not true at all. But what is the use of the therapeutic in a situation where you have already gotten the vaccine that is going to keep you from getting a serious illness or dying? Then the therapeutic is there to keep you from getting seriously ill or dying? What does the vaccine do? What does it do? Tell us, commies, you've trusted these people throughout. 
You think the experts have something important to say about all this? But you also understand that the experts have also been wrong a lot. So you take what they say, the public understanding, the state media understanding, the propaganda understanding that gets fed to you as a useful idiot, and you go out and repeat it. But you adjust it a little bit so that you don't sound as dumb as the television. You're like, oh, man, these people on television, they sound like they're a little dumb. And I listened to uh, uh, Alex Berenson and he seems to have some different information. So I better find a middle ground between these two liars and my position will be a little of both. So I'll seem edgy to some people, but also very informed to other people. All of those people will be exactly like me and they will understand what I'm doing. And they'll understand that what I'm doing is actually very smart because I looked at two sources instead of their one. And yeah, I'm two years behind the narrative, but they don't know. Oh, I'm going to seem so smart. According to the CDC director under Joe Biden, the vaccine prevents you from getting seriously ill or dying. If you take the vaccine and you still get sick, well, then that's what's, that's what therapeutics are for. Because those therapeutics at that point are going to keep you from getting seriously ill or dying. Isn't that amazing? So either the therapeutics don't prevent you from getting seriously ill or dying. And so you need the vaccine that also doesn't do that. Or you take the vaccine so that you don't get seriously ill or die. And then the therapeutics are there for a backup because the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting seriously ill or dying either. And you guys think that's smart. You think that some softened version of that is smart. And it never occurs to you that that idiot might be lying. That's not possible. Why would they be lying? Why would these public health experts be putting their reputation on the line like this? Well, it's because they know they're talking to you, Kami. And your standard for whether or not something is smart is how many likes and retweets Candace Owens got for saying it and how many comments you got on your mask selfie. Now, I encourage everyone to watch the clips of the hearing today. I've put a bunch of them up in the info stream. T.me slash I'm your moderator. Get the Telegram app if you have not yet. I will just repeat. I do not know why any of you are still on legacy social media. If you are on there, at least do yourself a favor and sign up on the other social media sites unless you want your communication channels to be censored and knocked down altogether. All right, it's coming. Sooner or later, it's coming. And there are two issues in the offing that are going to make that more necessary for the global communists. Okay, one of them, as I was talking about, is the Lindell stuff. People don't like Mike Lindell's voice. You think he's saying things that aren't smart. That's just fine. Lindell is bringing a case before the Supreme Court. He is filing it on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving at 9 a.m. And then he is doing a five-day-long marathon on Frank's speech, having people on to talk about it, including the attorneys general around the country who are signing on to his quo warranto. All right, I'm going to take a second and explain this and we will see if I'm right and we will see if this happens the way I believe it will.
But I think I understand what's going on. I think I've watched enough of him to understand what's going on. And I think that people wondering what's going on with the Arizona audit. Was this all for nothing? What is Mark Burnovich doing? I think those people might understand this a little better as well. And by the way, I don't think that those concerns are wrongheaded at all. I just think that this is part of a larger plan. The part of this I'm not certain about yet is whether or not Mark Burnovich will be like the lead state attorney general signing on to Lindell's quo warranto. Okay. If it turns out that Burnovich is signed on to Mike Lindell's quo warranto, what that means is that the Arizona audit will be part of the case going to the Supreme Court, as will Mike Lindell's PCAPs, and as will the information from Colorado about Dominion wiping the machines, all of that. They have been gathering evidence for the entire time. And that will all be in the quo warranto that is going to be handed to the Supreme Court. If Brnovich is signed on to that, with that evidence in the case, you can tell pretty easily how serious the Arizona audit is. If you are one of the people who has thought that the Arizona audit meant nothing this entire time, you listen to Rachel Maddow, you listen to CNN, you listen to Katie Hobbs and Stephen Richer and the clownish board of supervisors in Maricopa County, you listen to all of them, you thought, this is a fraud it. This is a sham audit. You're going to find out you're wrong, okay? Because they don't put evidence from a fraud it or a sham audit in front of the Supreme Court. That doesn't happen. Did they have the PCAPs since the beginning of the summer? Yeah, they did. You think they haven't bothered figuring out whether or not they can verify them? Who did Mike Lindell pay $5 million to after the cyber symposium? There's no answer to that because it's no one. Because no one can disprove that he has what he says he has. Because he does have it. And I told you that months and months and months ago. How many state attorneys general need to sign on to Lindell's quo warranto case before the Supreme Court before it becomes legitimate to you commies? How many? There's got to be a number, right? If it was zero, I could see you having a point. If it's one, maybe you can say, oh, yeah, well, that guy's just trying to like make a political career for himself. What if it's 10? What if it's the 19 that signed on to the Supreme Court case that was rejected by the Supreme Court back in early January, late December, early January? How many does it need to be before you take the evidence in the case seriously? That's the question. Because once you take the evidence in the case seriously, your whole idea, your whole narrative about how election fraud is a myth goes up in smoke. All the things that you, you very smart centrist, have said for the last year about election fraud will be null and void. The truth is you were wrong the entire time. Why were you wrong? Because you thought that you could take it on authority from people like you that there was nothing to worry about. Well, that's about as child-brained as it gets, isn't it? Started saying very confidently that you were certain that nothing could be wrong without looking. 
It's amazing, isn't it? The Alex Berenson's of the world, all of the Obamis and Romneys in the chattering class who made their political opinion about their own personal image, thinking it was better to simply sidestep the truth. Don't bother looking. That's what crazy people look at. And I'm not a crazy person. I'm a smart person. I'm a very smart person. I voted for Joe Biden to fix racism, even though he was mentored by a Klansman. Respect my intelligence. Okay, Kami. I don't respect your intelligence. Sorry. You think all of it's a joke. Everything is just about Trump. All these people are just infatuated with Trump. It is the cult of Trump. These conspiracy theorists, they all care about Trump. Hey, commies, we've been telling you the entire time. It's not about Trump. Trump's awesome. Trump's hilarious. Trump's going to go down as potentially the greatest president in American history for restoring the country as the constitutional republic it was intended to be. But this isn't about Trump. This is about system-wide corruption on every single level. All of it working toward the end, which is global communism, controlled by the technocratic elite that you mistakenly believe you are part of. Or you simply deny the truth of it. And on what basis do you deny that truth? Is it on your full and complete knowledge of what's being proposed? Can you cite examples about how that's not true? No, of course not. You just understand that it is too complicated. So it couldn't possibly be true. No, that's just too much. There's no way anybody could understand all that. There's no way anybody could actually connect this stuff. Yeah, really? Did you look, Kami? No. The TV told you. The very serious people on television told you. The think tanks told you. The very smart writers at The Atlantic and The New York Times told you. Dan Crenshaw and Tulsi Gabbard told you. Candace Owens and Mike Cernovich told you. And you never bothered to stop and think, hey, how come some ideas go viral and others don't? Oh, man. Well, maybe the ideas that are going viral are the ones that the censors think all of the child-brained communists can hear and it won't cause them any trouble. In the midst of a censorship regime that no one can deny, these people still think that the approved information, the information approved for their personal consumption is enough to understand what's really going on. Hey, commies. The intellectual content you are receiving is the equivalent of Flintstones chewable vitamins. And rather than being like, hey, this doesn't make sense, you're like, oh, I like grape. And hey, commies, let's do a thought experiment together, okay? You all must, with your broad base of knowledge, understand what a useful idiot is, right? I'm just kidding. I know you don't understand. So let's go to Wikipedia. That's comfy for you, right? Are you in your safe space? Okay, I'm going to tell you. In political jargon, a useful idiot is a derogatory term for a person perceived as 
propagandizing for a cause without fully comprehending the cause's goals and who is cynically being used by the cause's leaders. Now, could that be you? You're like, no, no, no way. No way. I follow Mike Cernovich on Twitter. I'm edgy. I know what's going on. I could never be a useful idiot. Okay, I got it. Okay. Now, let's say you're not. And let's say that because your parents are rich, you are so powerful that you are the leader of the global communist cause. If you were thinking of the perfect characteristics of a useful idiot, a class of people who you could find that would believe virtually anything and repeat it, what kind of people would you choose? Right? Can we think about that thought experiment here? What kind of people would you choose as useful idiots If the choice was yours, I would suggest that the best people to be used as useful idiots are the ones who care nonstop about their image because they are self-obsessed and narcissistic, but they think that they're actually curating their image so much because they're going to monetize it down the road, down the road. Somebody is going to understand, wow, what an amazing image. (laughs) I want to be part of this. (laughs) Like Mike, if I could be like Mike Cernovich. (laughs) I'm not even a Cernovich hater, but God damn, man, people think that guy is way smarter than he is. So you want people who are meticulous about their public image, all right, especially in this modern world with legacy social media and how much time people invest in curating their image on there, right? So the perfect useful idiot is completely self-obsessed and meticulous about curating their image. But what else are they? Well, obviously, totally gullible. They will believe anything If you can make it connect to them in an emotional way, right? And so you give them some sort of reward for believing the right things and some sort of punishment for believing the wrong things. And because these people are totally incompetent, totally narcissistic, and don't know a goddamn thing about anything, well, it's pretty easy to get them to believe what you want. What else would you value? Well, you would value a broad audience willing to listen to what they say and respect what they say based on their curated image. So I submit to you, commies, who better to use as useful idiots than celebrities, actors, and athletes, and some musicians, right? Some pop stars. Who better to use as useful idiots than those people. And so the next step in our thought experiment would be to figure out whether or not you can find evidence of that in the real world. And it turns out that you can. Almost every person in those four communities, actors, athletes, celebrities, 
musicians, even let's say, let's add in prominent public intellectuals, the very, very smart people. If all those people had all the same opinions about pretty much every issue in the world, could it be that they are all being used as useful idiots? If they were all getting paid by the global communists from the top down, and you could actually track the money to them, and you could know, for instance, about a program like Defeat Disinfo with General Stanley McChrystal and a company like Main Street One, where you could look at it and see last year that all sorts of these kinds of people, you know, influencers, were being paid to disseminate certain political ideas. Could you at that point glean from this set of information that you have that these actors, athletes, celebrities, musicians, and public intellectuals might in fact be exploited as useful idiots? If you have any brain power in your skull at all, any ability to think independently from what those people say, you would realize instantaneously That in fact, those people are useful idiots and it is undeniable. There is no other way that so many rock dumb popular people with broad audiences could all believe the same thing and that thing always be wrong. And even beyond that, sure enough, it turns out that those people are all saying the exact same things that all the mainstream media outlets push as well. The state media says the state's propaganda. It disseminates the state's propaganda. Then you have elements of the same state, the global communist state, funding all of the other organizations that supply all the intellectual groundwork for the things that the state media says. And they even use DARPA-developed anti-terrorist Messaging weapons. That is what Defeat Disinfo is, by the way. It is the same program that they use for the Arab Spring in the Middle East. They use it against the American people. All of these people, all of these useful idiots disseminate the same ideas and they respond to disagreement with the same level of shame and bullying and censorship and trying to get people fired from their jobs. And we group that in and call it cancel culture. The useful idiots disseminate all these messages and all of these little Obamis and Romneys go right along with it. And maybe one will go slightly left. Maybe one will go slightly right. One goes right down the middle because there are all sorts of different influencers marketing the same messaging to slightly different demographics. Cher and her communist messaging is going to appeal to a different group of people than uh, who was that little pop star that went to the White House, Olivia something or whatever. And LeBron James will defend China to NBA fans. He'll deliver the useful idiot message to them. They'll think that there's really something to it. And then they fire up John Legend and Cardi B to talk to the people of color. So disrespectful. But that's what we have. We have a bunch of people who agree constantly with the state media and with all the useful idiots 
And they all shift back and forth in their opinions so that they can seem like a centrist, so that they can seem like they've really thought things out. And they will always come to the exact conclusions the state is comfortable with. And the entire time, they will have no idea how useful they are and how idiotic they are. That is what we have going on in the country right now. And if I am the bad guy for exposing that, for saying that, then you have bad priorities. And if you think all this stuff doesn't work to benefit a cohesive global communist agenda, well, then you just aren't paying attention. And it doesn't matter if you think that the words aren't right, according to your definition. Anthony Fauci just tried to redefine gain of function in a Senate hearing. He tried to say that the research being done years ago wasn't gain of function according to the definition of gain of function now that they just changed. Well, that can't be gain of function because the definition of gain of function is this now. So you have to call that something else. That is amazing. And people will argue that he is justified in saying that. And why would anyone argue something so blatantly dishonest? Well, it's because they're a useful idiot. And the funniest thing about all of this is that somehow people who think masks work, people who took selfies with their masks on think that I am going to be deterred by their criticism. People who take selfies with masks on, first of all, selfies suck. Mask or no mask. If you are taking a selfie for your friend, fine. If you're putting selfies out on social media on a regular basis, you're a narcissist. Now, before I go, I'm sorry that this is going a little long today, but it is what it is. This is from Technofog. There's actual big news today. Uh, I haven't read the indictment yet, so I don't want to go too deep into this. But Technofog is a genius on all of this. And so I'm going to bring you his assessment. The Igor Danchenko indictment. It was all a fraud. That's the subheadline. Now, what are we talking about here? We are talking about the disintegration of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that dominated our media for three years, largely on the backs of these same useful idiots that are writing all the very intellectual think pieces for all the very prestigious state media companies that all of these very, very smart centrists read and trust and repeat. John Durham has another scalp. On November 3rd, 2021, Igor Danchenko, Christopher Steele's primary subsource, was arrested by federal authorities. Now we have his indictment. Danchenko has been charged with false statements to federal officials during his 2017 interviews with the FBI. According to the indictment, Danchenko lied about his contacts with Russians, his travels to Russia, and the identity of his sources. Those are just some of the lies. In John Durham's words, and now he's citing the indictment. First, Danchenko stated falsely that he had never communicated with a particular U.S.-based individual who was a longtime participant in Democratic Party politics and was then an executive at a U.S. PR firm. And they list him as PR Executive One. About any allegations contained in the company reports, in truth and in fact, and as Danchenko well knew, Danchenko sourced one or more specific allegations in the company reports anonymously 
to PR Executive One. Second, Danchenko stated falsely during the interviews that in or about late July 2016, he received an anonymous phone call from an individual who Danchenko believed to be a particular U.S. citizen and who was then president of the Russian American Chamber of Commerce, Chamber President One. Danchenko also falsely stated that during his phone call, the person he believed to be Chamber President One informed him in part about information that the company reports later described as demonstrating a well-developed, quote, conspiracy of cooperation, end quote, between the Trump campaign and Russian officials. And Danchenko and the aforementioned person agreed to meet in New York in truth and fact. And as Danchenko well knew, Danchenko never received such a phone call or such information from any person he believed to be Chamber President One. And Danchenko never made any arrangements to meet Chamber President One in New York. Rather, Danchenko fabricated these facts regarding Chamber President One. This is back to Technofog now. For purposes of background on the second charge, Danchenko alleged he received a, a call from Russian reporter slash businessman Sergei Milion alleging a Trump-Russia conspiracy. Milion has long denied placing this call. This call was important because it was the basis, in part, of the FISA warrants against Carter Page. Durham's investigation revealed Danchenko, quote, never received such a phone call or such information, end quote, from Milion. More from the indictment. And he has some bullet points here. Danchenko kept PR Executive One, an influential Democrat, updated of his compromat research. We have learned from a person smarter than us that this is likely Charles Dolan Jr. The Democrat PR exec Dolan, quote, I think Danchenko worked for FSB, the Federal Security Service of the Russian Federation. Next bullet point. The, quote, Russian subsource one, end quote, of Danchenko was a Hillary Clinton supporter and was gifted an autobiography of Hillary Clinton. And he cites the indictment. On or about July 22nd, 2016, PR Executive One sent an email to Russian Subsource One and informed Russian Subsource One that he would be attending a reception for Hillary Clinton. Shortly thereafter, Russian Subsource One responded, tell her, please, she has a big fan in Country One. Can I please ask you to sign for me her anything? She, he wanted an autograph. Russian subsource one had a personal interest in a Hillary Clinton victory, stating that the Democrat PR executive Dolan would take me to the State Department if Hillary wins. Oh, well, that's so interesting. Citing the indictment again on or about November 7th, 2016, the day before the 2016 U.S. presidential election, Russian subsource one emailed PR executive one in English and stated in part, I am preparing you some information on former USSR UIC countries. Igor Danchenko possibly told you about tomorrow. Your country is having a great day. So as a big Hillary fan, I wish her and all her supporters to have a victory day. Hope that someday her book will have one more autograph on it. Thank you for your help and support. Best regards, the Russian subsource. Durham alleges that Danchenko, the steel source and the Democrat PR executive Dolan worked together to gather intel and dirt on Trump from their emails. And this is citing the indictment again about campaign manager one in the email. Danchenko also informed PR executive one that he Danchenko was working on a quote project against Trump 
Could you please ask someone to comment on campaign manager one's resignation and anything on the Trump campaign? Off the record, of course. Any thought, rumor, allegation? I am working on a related project against Trump. I asked PR executive one's acquaintance three months ago, but he didn't say much, although shared a couple of valuable insights. Thanks a lot. Best, Igor. Later that day, PR Executive One replied to Danchenko, stating in part, let me dig around on campaign manager one. Pretty sure the new team wanted him gone ASAP and used today's New York Times story to drive a stake in his heart. Oh, isn't that interesting? Look at how broad the conspiracy is against the Donald Trump campaign. And this is guided from the top by Hillary Clinton, by Barack Obama and Joe Biden, by the CIA, by the FBI. And there is documentation on all of that. That is why people care about the Durham investigation. And that is why the state media is working overtime to try to frame all of what's happening in a way that cannot hurt them. The truth is that for five years, people have known that the CIA, FBI, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden were all involved in trying to frame the Trump campaign, okay? That is not a conspiracy theory. That is a conspiracy. And once you understand that something like that happened to manipulate the American people and win an American election, but I should say steal an American election, well, then as a smart person, you find yourself in a position of responsibility to think about what that might mean in the current environment. And what will you find? Well, if you're a Romney or an Obama, you won't find anything because you won't think about that secondary question. You'll be like, oh, well, I guess we have new information now. (laughs) Who could have known? (laughs) I was sure that Trump colluded with Russia. (laughs) Or even if you're smart enough to know that the Trump-Russia collusion hoax is a hoax by this point, and you don't consider how that might affect the current political environment, if you know that, and then you vote against Trump in favor of the people who were executing that collusion hoax, then what are you exactly? You're certainly not an American. That is for damn sure. How can you be an American when you vote to put treason in office and then defend the theft of an election by those who have committed treason? And if you know that they committed treason and tried to steal the election in 2016, how in the world can you possibly be confident that they didn't just try to do that in 2020 as well? And of course you can't be. And so what do we have? What do we make of the year you spent saying that election fraud does not happen and did not affect the outcome of the election? Oh, you just can't prove it. Well, there's just no evidence. There's just no evidence. There's just no evidence. You sound like the television. That is how few ideas you are actually forming on your own commies. Don't say that you are not a commie. Okay? Don't say that. Your absolute utter ignorance to everything that could possibly matter to the future of your country, your friends, your family 
for as long as it remains in place, makes you an asset of the global communist agenda. There is no way out of that. Okay. Your apathy is not an excuse. Your ignorance is not an excuse. Ultimately, what keeps you in the position you are in intellectually is your ego. You refuse to leave the party of false decorum and you refuse to admit you are wrong because you think people like me don't deserve you admitting it. And that's fine. I don't care. All right. Your text to me being like, okay, you were right the whole time. I would respect it, but I don't need it. This is ridiculous. There is only one direction all of this is going, and it's toward the truth. At what point have you been wrong enough times for the same reasons, in coordination with the same people? How many times do you need to be exposed, you mask-wearing, selfie-taking, child-brained communist? How many times you are digging your hole deeper? And rather than reaching for a lifeline and trying to figure out exactly what the hell is going on to look out for your own future, by the way, you still think you get social credit out of calling people conspiracy theorists. What does that say about the people around you whose opinions you rely on? Let's get back to the article, by the way, because this is only the second Durham indictment in recent. I mean, there was Klein Smith, who the communist administration let right off immediately. But we had Sussman a couple of weeks ago. Now we've got Danchenko. And this is a 39 page long indictment. There are other people implicated. One of them is Fiona Hill. Who's recently been making the rounds on media trying to provide her defense. I have said countless times now, spend any time watching CNN and MSNBC and what you will see, every guest who comes onto their airwaves is a defendant in a crime against this country. And the hosts are there to be their defense attorneys in the court of public opinion. Okay, Rachel Maddow, When she has Adam Schiff on, she is defending Adam Schiff in the court of public opinion. And Adam Schiff is trying to reframe one of his crimes against the country. You don't think it's going to reach up all that way? You think I can't prove that case? You think that I'm just spinning a conspiracy story? See, again, I don't care that you think that. I am perfectly comfortable. Inhabiting the position I inhabit, I know that I will be largely right and you will be a hundred percent wrong, Kami. You got to understand that. And I'm not trying to just speak for myself here. I am trying to speak for the vast majority of my audience who has been paying attention to this stuff and still, still suffering indignities at the hands of Obamis and Romneys, these child brained, useful idiot communists who still hold social sway in certain circles and are so insecure intellectually that they are actually trying to attack the people who are doing the real work in trying to get people to understand what is actually happening right now. 
the elements of this country and this culture that you continue to support and abet are the ones that are attacking your fellow citizens and you don't care. And you think that people are going to just ignore that? No way. We have bigger fish to fry right now, but give me a break. Your time's coming. Who's going to respect you for doing what you've done? Nobody, nobody. And the truth is you could have said, yeah, I guess I was wrong months ago, a year ago, but you haven't done it. You still haven't done it. And you just think, oh, I'm going to just stay edgy until everything catches up. And then I'll have been right the whole time. Nah, that ain't how it works, man. That ain't how it works. The Democrat PR executive Dolan later admitted to the FBI. He fabricated this information to Janchenko, quoting the indictment. PR executive one later acknowledged to the FBI that he had never met with a GOP friend in relation to this information that he passed to Danchenko, but rather fabricated the fact of the meeting in his communications with Danchenko. PR executive one instead obtained the information about campaign manager one from public news sources. According to PR executive one, he was not aware at the time of the specifics of Danchenko's project against Trump or that Danchenko's reporting would be provided to the FBI. Danchenko later falsely denied to the FBI that the Democrat PR executive Dolan had provided him with information. This is the from the indictment, a conversation between Danchenko and FBI agent one. This is Danchenko speaking first. Yeah, yeah, he likes Russia. I don't think he is uh, would be any way be involved. But but uh, but but he's uh what I would think would be easily played, maybe. Uh, he's a bit naive in his um, liking of Russia. And the FBI agent responds, okay, so you've had, was there any way, but you had never talked to PR Executive One about anything that showed up in the dossier, right? Danchenko, no. FBI agent One, you don't think so? Danchenko, no, we talked about, you know, related issues perhaps, but no, 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 nothing specific. This is back to Technofog. Danchenko further lied about his claims of staying in a Moscow hotel in June 2016. He didn't stay at the Moscow hotel until October. This is material because Danchenko purportedly gathered information from sources during the June 2016 stay, which never happened. Back to the indictment. During the interviews in or about 2017, in which he was asked about his company report, Danchenko initially claimed to have stayed at the Moscow Hotel in June 2016. Danchenko later acknowledged in a subsequent interview, however, that he did not stay at the Moscow Hotel until the October conference. Back to Technofog. Here's an important observation. Danchenko wasn't necessarily a source. He was a go-between, providing Steele with information from the Democrat PR executive, Dolan. Back to the indictment. This allegation, like the allegation concerning the presidential suite of the Moscow Hotel, bore substantial similarities to information that PR Executive One received during the 2016 time period. For example, and as discussed above, in or about May, August, and September 2016, and in preparation for the October conference, PR Executive One and Organizer One had attended meetings with staff of the Russian embassy in Washington, D.C., including Russian diplomat One. Danchenko was not present at these meetings. And then Danchenko lied about the D Democrat PR executive not being his source to the indictment. 
In the aforementioned January 25th, 2017 interview, the FBI asked Danchenko about the sourcing of this allegation. Danchenko stated to the FBI that he learned about the allegation involving Russian chief of staff one from Russian subsource one and two other friends. Danchenko did not identify the two other friends, nor did he mention PR executive one in connection with the allegation. Back to Technofog. Overall, Danchenko faces five false statement charges, falsely denying that he didn't talk to the Democrat PR executive about the dossier allegations falsely stating that he took a 2016 call from Russian Sergei Milian, whom he says alleged a Trump-Russia conspiracy, falsely stating in another FBI interview that he took the 2016 call from Milian, falsely stating that he talked to Milian more than once over the phone, false in another FBI interview about his conversations with Milian. And Technofog admits at the bottom that he has not even gone all the way through the indictment yet. Piece by piece, the narrative of Trump Russia falls apart. All right. You might not think this is some big deal. You're like, yeah, we already know it's fake. And so you put it aside. That is not the point. Okay. The point is that this was a concerted effort by the Hillary Clinton campaign, the DNC, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, the president, the fake president right now is implicated in this. All right. And fully implicated in impeachment hoax. Number one, with the Ukraine and Burisma stuff. The people who have been supported by these very intelligent centrists who just couldn't bring themselves to vote for Trump, they don't want the moral taint on them. Instead, they voted for people who have committed treason. They thought they were solving racism by voting for a man who was mentored by a Klansman. They supported the Build Back Better agenda, which is definitionally global communism. And somehow you think I'm the conspiracy theorist. I'm the one who's saying embarrassing things. Holy shit, man. You took selfies in your mask. Just shut up forever. How about that? Okay. That's what you got to do. Kami. Just zip it. All right. Let the adults in the room take over the conversation for a little while. I know you thought that was you, but you can't be the adult. When you're just a child-brained, useful, idiot communist. Sorry, buddy. It is what it is. You lost. Take the L. Have a great day, haters. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye! Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator and the merch site is cancelcouture.com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time out on the range. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!